Dateline, 31st of March, 2013. Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 242. And uh, listen closely to that theme music, Grant. Uh, any guesses as to which 1970s sitcom that theme music comes from? Well, I'm not really sure, mate, but I'm pretty sure whatever answer I come up with, I'd have to mind my language. Uh, yes, indeed, it was mind your language. How topical after last week when Rob Mark said something like this. Actually, something I was going to ask you guys, did either one of you pick up on that comment from Grant where he said something about not having been to Fiji since he was a wee weed whacker or, or something <laughs> like that? Did you, did you hear? I what caught was that. that. You know, I don't know. Well, we'll have to check because now we don't know if that would be an Australianism or if that would be a Kiwi version of an Australiaism. Okay, now let's hit the record straight, Grant. Are you really a weed whacker? Do you really enjoy your gardening that much? Uh, no, I hate gardening. My preferred method of gardening involves napalm. But uh, <laughs> in this case, no, in this case, I wasn't saying wee whacker or weed whacker. I was saying weed tacker. Weed tacker, we- indeed. A derivation of... A bit of a uh, weed tacker, mate. Yeah, that's right. That's right. A bit of a derivation of Australian slang for small child. Small tacker. Little tacker. Yeah, and, and Rob's right on the money. Uh, it is sort of a Kiwi Grantism variation of an Australianism. So uh, don't be too hard on yourself, Max and uh, Rob. Uh, I actually have no idea what Grant's saying most of the time either. Hey, come on, man. You can understand me better than a certain other person. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's let's try a new uh, word that's finding its way into the Australian aviation lexicon, Grant. Kufek. Kufek. Best pronounced with a bit of an Arabic accent. Kufek. And it's all smiles uh, this week when, when we're talking about QFIC or Qantas uh, and uh, Emirates, of course, QF and EK as the ACCC, and we've been talking about this for several weeks or months now, finally gave approval to the Qantas Emirates Alliance, and uh, Grant, not a moment too soon because uh, four days later, they, in fact, today as we're recording this, they began flights, and they did it in grand style. That's right, mate. Uh, they've obviously been expecting this uh, final approval to come through for quite some time because uh, pilots have been practicing and uh, the safety authorities and both countries have been uh, <clears throat> had their arms twisted to make the uh, formation get approval. And in fact, Grant's talking about a formation flight over Sydney Harbour today of uh, two uh, Airbus A380s, one Qantas and one Emirates. Here's how it was reported on Channel 10 News. Formation flying low and slow by two Airbus A380s, one a Qantas jet, the other from Emirates, at a height of 350 metres above Sydney Harbour. The impressive flypass marking the airline's new partnership on the Kangaroo route, linking their networks through the major aviation hub Dubai. Neither plane had passengers for the stunt, but the two crews practiced for almost 300 hours in flight simulators to pull it off. A spectacular start to an alliance between Qantas and the world's largest international carrier. Alan Joyce says it will help put Qantas International back in the black by 2015. It's the important part of our network that was losing a mad substantial amount of money was the European part. Now you talk about language and confusion, Grant, I have actually absolutely no idea what Alan Joyce says most of the time, although he did look rather pleased with himself in that video clip. That's right, mate. And uh, I must uh, correct Channel 10. They said they've been training for 500 hours. Well, that's actually incorrect. Uh, they've been about 520 hours of planning and seven four-hour simulation sessions involving pilots from both airlines. So it's not that the poor pilots were spending 500 hours in the sims practicing for this. It was more or the combined effort of everyone in both companies added up to 520 
uh, equivalent person hours. And I've got to say, Grant, it did look spectacular watching those two. It was a little bit grey and overcast. You know, Grant, actually quite similar to the time that I flew over Sydney Harbour in a Royal Australian Air Force Hercules, but we won't talk too much about that yes, today. Yes, moving right along. Yeah, it did, look, uh, it, it did look spectacular flying over the harbour and uh, there was a cruise ship in port as well, so uh, it did look uh, really, really cool, actually, I must say. And, uh, you know, this uh, alliance has been rather controversial. I'm still leaning towards thinking this is a good idea. You know, I think this is a very pragmatic uh, decision. Uh, a lot of traffic is going through the Middle East these days rather than the more traditional uh, ports through Asia. And uh, I think it's a pragmatic decision. I hope it works for Qantas. Uh, as Alan Joyce said there, uh, they have been losing a lot of money, uh, particularly on that European route, uh, at least according to their figures. And uh, so let's hope that this is a, uh, a very positive thing for them. What it effectively means is that, uh, you know, Qantas can sell seats on Emirates flights under a Qantas code and vice versa. Interesting, uh, you know, Qantas is a vastly smaller airline than Emirates. So uh, I still kind of wonder, you know, <laughs> really how much of an advantage this is to Emirates. But uh, I think it will advantage Qantas. That's just my opinion. Uh, it's definitely big for Qantas, of course. Uh, if you're on the eastern seaboard, the only flights you've got going through to London that are Qantas are those A380s out of Sydney and uh, Melbourne. Everywhere else, you wind up taking an Emirates flight where you can uh, earn Qantas frequent flyer points, of course. But basically, this is almost in a way uh, a way to get rid of Qantas International, one might say. But Qantas International have suddenly bounced around and apparently they've turned around a bit and their losses are way less than they were just recently. Yet their share of the market's down. The number of staff is the same. Aircraft are pretty much the same. Everything's pretty much the same, but suddenly things are better for them. And a few people are questioning how that's possible. And the scuttlebutt running around is that, well, maybe they've um, <clears throat> stopped uh accruing some of the costs of Jetstar against Qantas International. But that's rumour and innuendo, and uh, you know how much we love that. But uh, look, all up, it's still pretty cool, and it's an amazing sight to see. But honestly, I think Qantas International, it's got nothing on Emirates, and I think it's just going to become more and more Emirates. And Emirates are laughing all the way through because they get access to a whole lot of ports that Qantas have rights to, but aren't flying to at the moment. Absolutely. Well, I have uh, hopes that uh, this might be some positive news for the Qantas organisation because uh, morale there from the people we know, we know plenty of them in that organisation, is is not the best. So let's hope it's a good thing. Now, another bunch of pilots in this country, Grant, who will be uh, quite pleased with themselves this week, are the pilots at Virgin Domestic. They've uh, signed off after a quite a protracted period of negotiations on a uh, new enterprise agreement, which will see uh, pay rises between 14.2 and 28.4%. Not a bad result there, mate. Uh, it's not bad, but it's only taken 18 months since it was first announced. So congrats, guys. That's a whole lot of negotiations. Yeah. There's two unions there that, uh, well, don't always see eye to eye, it would appear, at uh, Virgin. You've got uh, Virgin International Pilots Association, or VIPER, and the Australian Federation of Air Pilots, uh, AFAP. Now, apparently, they didn't really see eye to eye over many uh, aspects of this deal. In fact, uh, one side uh, voted yes and one voted no, as we understand it, during this negotiation period. But uh, interestingly, Grant, it doesn't seem to have affected the airline's operations in the same way that the Qantas pilots dispute had. And uh, I think uh, now that this is all signed off, all sides are slapping each other on the back and uh, saying, well done. Gee, we did that better than the Qantas guys. Yeah, it's a welcome change from slapping each other on the head, as they usually do. So, yeah, well done, guys. Congratulations. And uh, onwards and upwards, because Virgin uh, Australia is doing pretty well. The latest earnings results, according to John Borghetti, are saying that uh, they're now a self-sustaining airline and growing uh, against Qantas. So pretty big words, but uh, they did return a profit. They are a smaller airline. They are growing. They are taking more and more of the market. So looking forward to seeing how that one goes, despite the fact that uh, <clears throat> their on-time performance lapsed a little lately. 
Yeah, oh well. There's been a lot of uh, changes, particularly with their booking system going on there. I just wanted to mention, Grant, here a statement that was made by Simon O'Hara, the uh, executive director of Viper. Uh, and there's a lot of mention of Qantas in this. I just find this rather interesting. But uh, he says, basically, this agreement represents a quantum leap from the previous 2007 Enterprise Agreement. He says, Virgin Pilots now ha- officially have a job security clause in their agreements, which will help ensure their jobs stay in Australia and cannot be cannibalised by future airline acquisitions or other outsourcing. And he goes on to say a bit further down that that uh, this is exactly the sort of clause the Qantas Group has been refusing to offer its pilots and we're extremely satisfied to be able to secure it. So uh, boy, that's really sticking it to the Qantas Group and uh, you know, uh, in, in many ways it sounds like they're being a bit snarky at their fellow pilots over there. I mean, you know, they might work for different companies, but gee whiz guys you know, play, <laughs> play, play nice. Uh, I think that's more going against the um, the corporate bigwigs uh, because if you remember around the time of the grounding, the pilots at Qantas were saying they wanted, the big thing they wanted was some level of job security. And Qantas management uh, were making a big deal of the fact that these days no one's got any job security, and especially with the writing on the wall, the GFC and so on like that. But uh, these clauses that uh, the uh, Virgin Pilots have got in there do go directly at the kinds of maneuvers that Qantas are doing in terms of uh, pilots and crew and so on coming from overseas bases and flying within Australia. So, uh, yeah, good on them for getting it. And uh, let's see what comes down the pipe. Okay. Absolutely, mate. Well, uh, I think we'll wrap the report up there. Now, uh, just a quick note, a, a bit of shameless self-promotion here, of course. We've just uh, released episode 107 of Playing Crazy Down Under, an episode that we recorded at Avalon 2013 devoted completely to the C-17 Globemaster Grant. Now, let's look at some interesting statistics. The Royal Australian Air Force sent 50% of our C-17 fleet to the air show, while the uh, United States Air Force sent 0.451% of their fleet to Avalon 2013. <laughs> and we managed to interview every one of them. We were busy with that. That uh, small percentage, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just thought I'd point that out before, you know, the historian gets stuck into us. You know, five million C-17s in the fleet, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we may not have many, but we make them count. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia <laughs> Desk. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. <laughs>